Welcome back to the Make Room Show. Today, you're in for a treat. I'm super excited to have my guest on, Elise Archer. Elise is the founder of Superhuman Selling and the She Sells uh, movement, where she empowers entrepreneurs, sales professionals to really embrace their true authentic power and their own quantum leaps. And so I'm excited because she's going to teach us today how to not only step more into who we are, but to also kind of maybe get over some limiting beliefs that have been holding us back. I know she's the queen of that, and I'm super excited to pick your brain. So welcome to the show, Elise. Oh, Jennifer, thank you so much for having me. This is like all my favorite things to talk about. So I am, I'm an open book and, um, and I'm excited for this conversation. So thank Yay. you. I'm yeah. super excited. So let, so, you know, basically you used to coach for a co corporation, right? Before you went off on your own. And mm -hmm. I kind of want to start there because I've been thinking more and more about that recently. I used, I've kind of done the coaching on my own, not for a company. So I kind of mm -hmm. wanted to start there because I feel like that's probably where you learned a lot. And I want you to take us back to you're working for this company what, how did that serve you? And then when did you decide to go out on your own? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's been a long and winding road as they all are, right? Yeah. As yeah. they all are. Sure. So, and, and even before then I'd been in corporate doing sales, not coaching, but my, this is like an embarrassing, embarrassing fun fact. My first big girl sales job. I'm using air quotes. If you're not watching the video, I sold yellow pages so that I always feel like really old when I, yeah. when I share that yeah. a lot of your listeners probably like don't even know what that is or they're <laughs> embarrassed to admit that they know what it is, but, um, you know, move from there to selling digital media and doing things that are actually current and kind of rose up the ranks and uh, mm -hmm. was always a top performer. And then to what you were sharing, Jennifer, I, um, I decided I wanted to go into sales coaching because I, I, I was good at it and I wanted to help other people. And I got connected and, and partnered with a really large eight-figure international sales coaching organization. And I spent many, not many, maybe three or four years there, became a partner in that company, again, rose up the ranks there. And it was, I mean, gosh, there were so many good things that came from it because I got to really I guess, cut my teeth in a spot where there's support and you're not dealing with all the back-end operations of the business and all the things that you and I now know, right? As fellow business owners, there's okay. a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. Oh yeah. And, and one of the things I will say though, and this wasn't just within that organization, but this is something that I saw in companies I was with previously or um, just my own kind of my own experience was I felt like there was a lot that I wanted to do differently when it came to sales that really inspired me to launch, you know, first she sells, and now we've got the superhuman selling brand uh, that we're really rolling out. And there were just things, there are things taught in the sales world that give it the reputation that it has, and which I hope is changing, I think is changing, but things like hard closing, pushing, I mean, I found myself in my late 20s, top of the leaderboard at work, and within the company I was a part of, but struggling with anxiety, self-doubt, an eating disorder, panic attacks, getting up at two in the morning, feeling like the only way to be successful and to stay on top was just to out-hustle everyone. And it was kind of this, uh, I finally had an aha moment where I was like, 
there's gotta be another way where I'm not hating my life, <laughs> but can still achieve success. And so that, that was when I started to study under really incredible, mostly women mentors who modeled an elevated way of doing business and of selling that not only was far more lucrative than the results I was getting, but that didn't feel like I was having to sell my soul. Didn't feel like I was having to chase prospects or clients because none of us want to do that. Right. And if, especially if someone's listening and they're a woman, like as women, when we are in chasing energy, that's actually not how we're naturally wired. So we feel out of our power, but that's how we're taught. We have to sell that. We have to chase that. We have to pursue. I don't do that with prospects. I used to, and it felt, it felt gross, but it was how I thought I had to sell. Um, and so just so much transformed in learning a different way that was modeled that, um, that inspired me to ultimately bring, bring something new in my own company, but I'll, we can take that any way you want to take it. So I'll let you jump in from here. Yeah. And, and there's so many things that pop up for me. The first one I want to just touch on, because I, I, I don't know if I've asked you this before, but I, the reason why I found you is from Kayla Kraft's website. Oh, Kayla's yeah. amazing. Yes. Yeah. So okay. You, stu you studied yeah. under her. How was that experience? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, she was working with her. It was like the tr first true quantum leap, um, partly because the investment was so high. I had, and I think this is the power of investing in yourself. I had to get so out of my comfort zone to invest in myself. It was half of what I'd made the whole year before. And I didn't have the money. Like I didn't have the money, but I followed the nudges that I needed to get dramatically out of my comfort zone and, um, and do it. And so I had to become a different woman in the process of even figuring out how am I going to pay for the coaching, yeah. <laughs> but what was so beautiful and what unfolded. And this is how this is, I'll say a couple of things. What was so beautiful was in the process of becoming a different woman, that was where the quantum leap came because our level of results will never supersede our level of identity. And so when I hire mentors um, and work with them, it's not so much like I advise, and this is what I tell people too, when you're hiring coaches, unless you're looking for a very specific strategy, which is great, but I don't hire coaches typically for a strategy. I want to learn how they think. So something that she modeled that I loved that was very powerful was just unapologetic energy. And as a woman who had had the opposite modeled growing up and had embodied that because we just absorb in our little sponges growing up and we take on all the attributes of our parents and our primary caregivers and those around us to, I think, to whoever it is that speaks to you from a mentorship standpoint, to get yourself in the energy of someone who embodies the, the energy, the beliefs and the life you want to live is so important. So yes, phenomenal and massive shout out to her. I love her dearly. She's incredible. Yeah, she's great. So the second word you, you were talking about in that opening is the word hustle. And that was one of the questions mm. I had for you too. So I feel like we're living in this time period where, you know, when we were all building these businesses online, it was a hustle, right? Back and now all the coaches, all the mentors are talking about masculine, feminine energy, mm -hmm. making things simpler. And when you come from the mindset of striving, it's hard mm -hmm. to realize there could be a simpler way, or it's hard to accept that you're getting in your own way, right? Like yeah. you are preventing yourself from achieving the things that you're dreaming of. So talk to us a little bit about like, 
women that are so they're working hard, but they're tired because hustle is exhausting. Mm. And what is some of the things that helped you get away from that, that feeling of you have to strive every single day and you have to burn yourself out. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I think when we're in hustle, Jennifer, we're, we're in separation. And so just even the energy of hustle means I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. So I have to work really hard and outpace everyone else to get to where I want to go. And so inherent in that energy is an energy of lack. There's an energy of not enoughness. And because we're always going to attract based on the energy that we're in, it's not that you can't achieve your goals from that energy, but it's going to take a really long time because you're, you're going to, you're constantly in separation. So we actually, we incorporate quantum physics into the coaching. I do. We do a lot of energy work in the coaching. I do because that's actually what quantum leaked me from six to seven figures. It wasn't hustling. It was learning to become a a vibrational match for the results I wanted. Um, And it was actually less action as well, which I think is important. So we get caught up in it, right? Because we put our self-worth in how, how much can I grind it out? How much can I hustle it out? Right. Because it, especially for any women listening who maybe came from that corporate background Mm -hmm. where it's like, you're, if you're not working from, I don't know, 8am until six or 7pm at night, then you're not going to achieve your goals or you're not as good. And as a mom now, I know we were connecting in the pre-chat about your kids and mine are younger. I'm a mom of two littles under four right now, two little boys. It's like, I work three days a week. Um, I don't work full days on those days either. Now I do like, I, and I love my work. Like I could work all the time. I love it. I really do. It's my other baby, uh, but I, I got other babies too. Yeah. And, and so I, I've been able to build a very successful organization and company that's changing the world not by hustling, but through intention and through doing the inner work first. And so neuroscience tells us that 95 to 98% of our results in our life come from our programmed identity of who we are, how much money we're worthy of making, how people respond to us, what we can and can't do. So when I learned, and so I've studied a lot under like Joe Dispenza, I study a lot of Bob Proctor too. And so I really appreciate that type of work. When I learned that and and shifted the focus from just the external hustle and realized that it was more about who I was being and did I feel worthy of what I wanted, um, that's when everything shifted. So it's not that you're not taking action towards your goals. You are, but um, but it's aligned action and mm-hmm. it's stretchy action usually. I was texting with my mastermind about this this morning. I was like, I want everyone to do one uncomfortable thing today that the old version of you would not have done. So it's that type of thing, but it's not hustle energy. Um, If I can add one other thing in in there too, there's a concept that we teach now in the community called selling from wholeness. And I think when we're in hustle and we're, we're going for our goals in our business from an energy of not enoughness, then because the energy we do a thing determines the outcome of a thing, we're always going to get that type of result. We're going to get results that are not enough. We're going to get clients who don't appreciate us. We're going to get people who don't respect boundaries. So when we do the inner work first to feel whole and good and worthy and abundant, regardless of what 
physical 5D senses are telling us. And we sell from that place where we're not attached to whether somebody buys from us or not, because we know we're good enough, no matter what. We know also know we're going to achieve our goals, no matter what, because we're doing the inner work to be a match for it. Life changes dramatically. You will sell far more. You will you will generate far more, far more much more money, but it's not going to feel like a hustle. It's going to feel like an of course, because this is just who I am. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, 100%. I love that. When you are talking about being a vibrational match, talk to the listener that is tuning in and it's kind of like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I want to be that person. Where do I even start? Like what's some tangible tips that you did in your life to even get your brain to train in a different way and stop going to the old habits? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And this is the work. Like, <laughs> the I do work. this every single day, every mm-hmm. single day. Um, because this is what actually moves the needle and what matters. So I'll tell you what I have our clients do when they first come into the community. And, and, and I'm, I'm doing, like I said, I'm doing the same thing myself every day. So we, people get manifestation mixed up. They get vibrational match mixed up because they think, oh, I just think about what I want and I get it. No, it's in this life. We don't get what we want. We get what we are. So it's not enough to say I want, girl. oh, it's true. And it's, say it again. Yeah. You don't get what you want in life. You get what you are. I love that. Yeah. So, so this is why, you know, I used to like, do the vision boarding thing and put stuff on the board. And then I would look at it and I would just be like, okay, I'm ready. Where is it? Yeah. <laughs> Million dollar house, you know, the Louis prayers. I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's I'm looking at it. I'm wanting it. Right. And want also means separation. Want means I don't have it. So this is really important because the person who has it doesn't want it. She's like, it's here. Why do I need to want it? It's already yes. here. So so it's all these little nuances that yeah. make the biggest difference. So when clients come into our community, what we do, it, and we take the lid off. It's like, I, I don't think there's any limits aside from just laws of nature. Like I'm not going to go play for the WNBA because I'm 5'3". And so that's just like not my dharma in this lifetime. And that's fine. But, um, but I don't think there's any limits to what we can accomplish I think if someone else has done it, you can do it. And even if they haven't, someone's always got to be a trailblazer, right? If it's a soul aligned desire. So we have you come in and it's like, if there were no consequences or limitations, what's happening for you in your career, in your life, in your money, all of it. I want all of it to be what you want it to be. And then from there, we look at, all right, well, who is the person who has that? So this is, super sexy. Jennifer, we have them make a spreadsheet. I actually give them a spreadsheet and it's, it's your, (laughs) I love it. I bet you probably have a good appreciation for it, right? With what you do. I love a spreadsheet too. So we, we call it old personality versus new personality. So your, what is your personality comprised of? Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this. It's your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. And he, this is his quote. He says, your personality determines your personal reality. So we look at for the goals that you want to achieve, for the life that you want to have, what would be the thoughts, feelings, and actions of someone who has that result? And we get them all down. So I make different columns on the spreadsheet and you can do this on a note on your phone. I take notes on mine everywhere. I've got a spreadsheet, but then I'll be like, oop, I need to write that down. It's just, they're everywhere. So I've, I've, I'm, like I said, I'm doing this all the time too. And, and we want to get really conscious to that, right? So let's say someone, what's a typical goal for someone in your audience? What's something they would love? So 
let's say they want to find more balance in their life between like they want to make their home life simpler so that they can manage it to have more time with their kids. Amen. Oh my gosh. I feel that so much. I was talking to my husband last night. We just moved to a new spot. I was like, we're, we're getting a house manager. We're getting laundry service. We're getting all the things which we had before. And we just, we haven't since we've gotten resettled. It's like, it's, this is nuts to be trying to do all this stuff on our own. So yes, I feel that. Okay. So, so what you would want to do is go to that end result and say for someone who has that that balanced home life where you have more time to be present and enjoy your kids, your family, and things are flowing and in order in the home and they're in harmony. What are the thoughts? The thoughts probably aren't like, oh man, this is so disorganized, right? The thoughts are, I really appreciate how beautiful my home is. What are the feelings? They're not going to be stress, anxiety, frustration, resentment, impatience, right? It's calm, peace, gratitude, presence, joy. And then what are the actions of someone who has that life? Hiring you, right? Doing your programs or listening to the podcast or getting things in order. So so we, we want to get clear on what that is and write that down. Mm-hmm. And then again, because we don't get what we want, we get what we are. We now have to get conscious too well, how have I not been showing up like that person yet? And so we want to start to notice what are the thoughts that I think on autopilot every single day mm-hmm. that just, by the way, just because you think a thought, it doesn't mean it's true, but what are the thoughts I've been thinking on autopilot every day that someone there wouldn't be thinking? What are the feelings that I'm emotionally addicted to in my body that I keep living in this reality again and again and write them down, get conscious to the old feeling state that feels like you, but doesn't have to be who you are. And then we want to also look at what are the actions that I'm taking that aren't in alignment with the woman or man who would be there. And then from there, the job is to start shifting into that new person and you will do different things and you will stretch and you will, my, the way I would think about it is decision-making as the end result. What decision would you make from the standpoint of my goal is already achieved? And you start practicing that every day. And it's it's just a matter of time until you'll actually have that result. Yeah. And I feel like the spreadsheet is a great idea because of the fact that you can have defaults to go to. Like, no, instead of thinking this thought when you wake up to today, like mm-hmm. my house is a disaster, right? I am becoming an organized person, like have something to replace it with already on there because your brain is on default Yes, and the spreadsheet can just remind you of what to replace it with. Like take off that record off the record player and put this record on. So I love the idea of almost pre-planning what your, you know, process is going to be instead of just being like, okay, I'm having that thought. What should I replace it with? Like plan it out. Mm-hmm. actually have those thoughts that you want to replace it with. And at, I think what happens is you'll get better and better at new thoughts. But if you have one or two to default to, instead of that original, you're already on your way, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And this is, so, so again, this is all neuroscience. Like this isn't yeah. out there woo type of stuff. Although I, I'll, I'll woo all day with someone I'm surrounded <laughs> by crystals right now. I love it. Like I'm here for it, yeah. <laughs> but but this, this is neuroscience. So in our community, we teach these four quadrants of quantum sales growth. And so the first one is 
mind over matter. And it's not what most people have thought of mind over matter is it's literally your mind dictates your physical 3D reality around you or the matter around you. So all you're doing here, and I love how you said it so eloquently, it's like putting a different record player on, right? It's you're just carving out new neural pathways. You're just carving out new um, it, to me, it's it's kind of like the thoughts of my home is a wreck, my life, which how we do one thing is how we do everything, right? So your home is just going to be a physical reflection of how you're feeling inside too. I don't, I'm just like putting on my organizer yeah. hat and yeah. <laughs> sing yeah. there too. So it's it's not just the home, right? It's it's everything. So if these thoughts, if you've been thinking them for a long time, it's like you got a super highway in your brain where you just automatically trigger those thoughts. But if you are conscious to those old thoughts and you stop them in their tracks and you say, that's not going to get me to where I want to go. What is the thought of a woman or a man who has the type of home and the life I want to have? And then you practice that repeatedly with intention and with emotion, because that's how we reprogram the subconscious. Then it's like you're carving out a trail in the woods and yeah. first it's going to feel hard and it's going to feel cumbersome and it's it's not yeah. going to be the default mode but with enough time and practice it becomes the new super highway so it's yeah. you have to believe you're worth it enough to put in the effort here to get the change i love that yeah so when it comes to like quantum leaps i feel like i've had a lot of conversations with people lately about you know kind of like this new feeling of there's not enough money, there's everything's so expensive and like they're feeling like they want to earn more money because everything's coming in, you know, is higher, you know, it's, it feels like a lot of people are talking about, they don't feel like they have enough money for the economy okay. right now. So when you're talking to somebody and they're feeling like they want more money in their life, but they're trying to take your advice and change their thoughts and become that person. I feel like a lot of times it's difficult to become that person when you don't have the physical income to act like that person. Like, for example, I would think if you were using the same example that we just used, but we we're talking about money, we would think, well, let's be more generous because a person with a lot of money would be generous. Yeah. And then there's that fear. Like if I can't be generous right now because I don't have enough in the bank to justify that I need to hang on to it for a rainy day. So I know there's a lot of different thinking to get you to the other side of that. So talk to the audience about that part. Yeah, there's so much. We could have a we have a day long summit on this yes. conversation. Yes. So, um, and funny enough, money is the second quadrant of quantum sales growth because when you shift your relationship with money, everything changes in your business, in your sales, in your life. And the the thing to know here is your level of income will never exceed your level of self worth. So you're, so here's the first thing I would say. Another great quote, Elise. These are, these are just, I've been down this path and I've, yeah. I've, I've been the person who was always in fear about money. In fact, that was a huge part of my story when I was in corporate. And then even as I started as an entrepreneur, I was always in anxiety about money and it didn't matter what was in the bank or what wasn't. And, um, and it took doing this work to understand that my money was just reflecting how I was feeling about myself. So, mm -hmm. um, so here's what I would say money. There's so many ways we could go with it. Number one, if you're saying you don't have enough money because of the economy, stop focusing on that. You're giving your power away. All right. So I, like, I don't care 
what's what's going on in the economy. I make my own rules about money because I know that it has nothing to do with me. So I know I'm saying things that may like trigger people right now because the news right. loves to make like big environments of fear with things. Yeah. I don't, I don't subscribe to that. Um, there's money printed every single day on the planet. Like there is more than enough. Um, and, and here's the thing too, is if, if something is not a universal truth, like everyone on the planet is living that rule, like gravity, then you can decide whether or not it's going to apply to you. So are there people in down economies who make more money? Yes. In fact, most people know that's when most millionaires are made, right? Is when we're in a down economy. So you get to decide, are you going to give your power away to something outside of you and make it an excuse? Or are you going to be in your power about it and say, I make my own economy. So that's the first thing I would say. There's so much shifting that we get to do with our relationship with money. Um, as empowered business owners, leaders in the home, uh, whoever is listening, when you learn to shift your relationship with money and understand the energetics behind money, that for me was when everything changed. So like, how long do you want me to talk about this? I could just, I could say so many things. About it. <laughs> um, where I'm, I want to be conscious to the thing that would be most helpful for your listeners here. Whatever is in your bank account today is old news. It's a byproduct of how you were thinking, feeling, and being in the past. So for 10 years, for over a decade, even though I was hustling and working incredibly hard, I could never break past the very low six-figure level. And that was, it was always what I made, no matter what. And what I didn't know at the time was that we actually all have a financial set point based on our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs about what we're worthy of receiving. Yeah. Um, and so mine was six figure. So that's what I always made. When I learned how to tune to a higher set point financially, and I learned to start thinking, feeling, and acting as a woman who was, for me, I wanted to get to the seven figure level. I was like, I can live a much more expansive life at that level. It took six weeks of consciously focusing on that for the money to come in. It didn't take long. That's awesome. It was wild. It was yeah. wild. And I continue to do this work today every time I want to elevate. Um, but I, but the thing was, I had to make an inner shift first. So again, this comes back to what we talked about before with identity. So your current money situation, again, it's old news. And if money is a struggle for you right now, I would... I would do the, I would look at, well, how much money do I want to make? And money is just designed to serve your vision. So when we are in our power in our lives and we're leading powerfully with our vision, I believe our, our desires are divine. I believe they're green lights. I believe we're meant to pursue right. them. Yeah. I believe they're spirit given. So I'm yeah. like, if I've got a desire, I'm following it because yes. I know that it's it's meant to come through me and I don't even really own it. It's just meant to come through me. So I'm going to follow it. Money is, money is the masculine to the feminine. So money is just designed to help you fulfill your vision, but it doesn't need to come in until you've decided that you're actually going to take action on that vision. So, so get clear on what the vision is first and then, okay, how much money is required to fulfill this. And this is where we also get our relationship with money messed up is we make it our master and we make money, the actual goal versus what it's going to do for us. 
And so when money, when we make money, the goal, and we, it, usually it's like validation. Like if I just make a million dollars, then I'll feel worthy. Then I'll feel good enough. Right. You can just hit this 10 K month. Then I'll feel good enough. That's not actually how money comes energetically. Money comes when you're so on purpose and you're feeling so worthy. And no matter what the goal or the desire is, it's like, yes, now from this, like, I'm going to do this. This is a yes. Now from this place, actually, it's a part of how your subconscious works. Once you make that decision that you're going to buy the home, hire the coach, buy the bag, do the thing, then your subconscious goes to work, giving you ideas of how it could happen because the whole job of your subconscious mind is to be your servant. It's to give you the right ideas, opportunities, scenarios to come into place to provide the how for your vision. But the key with it is you, most people will be wishy-washy and they'll be like, oh, I'll do it when I have the money. You have to make a firm commitment. I so we talked earlier about like my first really scary, stretchy coaching investment. I made a firm commitment and I didn't have the money. I had, I was, I, put 20 grand down, which is just a deposit. I put it down on a credit card and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do the rest, but I'm going to figure it out from that place. Then my subconscious went to work figuring out, oh, she's serious. Okay. Let's give her some ideas of action she could take and things she could do to go from having hundred thousand dollar years to hundred thousand dollar months. But it has to be a firm commitment because your brain is lazy and it wants to conserve energy. And so it won't go to work, like giving you the ideas unless it knows you're serious. But you can embody generosity in so many different ways. You can embody abundance in so many different ways that, um, that whether it's like with your time, whether it's with your energy, even if you just, if you're looking to shift from scarcity to abundance, just take a look at the natural world around you. You and I are both in the Northeast. I'm looking at an abundance of snow. Right yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there's an abundance of everything on our planet. So this is, again, I, I don't want to like take over the rest of the conversation with this unless you want to, because I could, yeah. um, but, but it's all your energy and your beliefs. So do some specific thought, feeling and actions work around the money piece and, and then get in the energy of other people who are also making that shift into abundance energy. And it's magical what will happen in your life. It really, really is. I love that. That is so well said. And I feel like that will really lift people and inspire people. So thank you for that. Yeah. The one thing I want to um, ask before we wrap up is when you're say when you're mentioned about having little kids and working three days a week, tell us a little bit, cause you know, I love time management. Like that is my jam. So what are your, when you have these three days that you're focusing on your business, give us an example of a day in, you know, a work day for you. What does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I will say too, like I'm, I'm popping in with work on the other days, but right now I've got yeah. childcare for my youngest three days that like, we just moved here. We're figuring out the childcare game and it's, it's a whole, it's a whole different animal, right? So I've got childcare for my youngest three days a week. He's home with me on Thursdays and Fridays. So like I'm not doing meetings those days. And I also care about being a present mom. And I know I don't, I think every woman has to, or parent, excuse me, every parent has to figure out what works for them. There's no right or wrong way to do it. For me, I feel disjointed if I'm trying to like mom and also work on my business at the same time. And he's wanting to play with me. So it doesn't work for me, but again, find what works for you. You have to, with that being said, I have my current schedule is I have three like actual on days in the business, typically working like 9.30 to I leave by like three to get them. 
Um, and I do like, I take a break during the day. I have lunch. So normally, and I, I'm disciplined too. So I will say this. I'm not just like, I'm not lounging during the day, while yeah. but I'm I in an energy. Times. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I'm like, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in an energy of ease, but very like focused energy while I'm in my day. Um, so, so typically, and everything is every week is a little different because if we're doing a live event, then there's that. And that's a different week. Like we're hosting a retreat in Florida in about a month. So there's that. So that'll be different. But um, right now, the way that it's structured is like Monday is team mostly. So Monday is team, internal meetings, planning. Uh, Tuesday is media interviews, sales calls, um, high level opportunities. And then Wednesday is my delivery day. So Wednesday is typically our group coaching, then private coaching clients in the afternoons. And that's pretty much the flow. Now, I also most mornings do, I call it my daily CEO time. So I'm an early riser and some days that's easier than others because our littlest is 11 months and his sleep schedule is wild right now. So last night he was up climbing over me in bed pretty much all night. I was trying to get him to sleep and he's like sick. And it was, it was not a great night of sleep. I'm going to be honest, yeah. but it's okay because sometimes this happens. Um, but typically I am up around three, three thirty in the morning and I'm having my morning spiritual time. I know most people are probably like gagging as they hear three or three thirty, but I'm going to bed by eight or nine. So I'm not like yeah. I'm not sleep deprived except for <laughs> from last night. That's not <laughs> typical though. Um, but I'm up, I'm having my morning me time. I pour into myself first. And then for about an hour in the mornings, it's like my daily CEO time, usually from about four 30 to five 30. And again, this is just what I, I'm, this is the season of life I'm in right now. And it'll no doubt shift as they get older, but I also quite like early mornings. I feel like that's like my me time and I'm doing like the critical things for the business during that time mm -hmm. as a leader doing sales follow-up. Um, so to me, that helps me feel like I've got my day set in the mornings. And then from there I'm going, I'm working out. It's like the boys are up, it's mom time. I'm getting ready and, uh, and getting everyone out the door. So yeah. That's Love it. a little, yeah. And it's, it's not like clean every day. It's, yeah. it's not like oh, Nirvana every single day, right? Like we get to be challenged yeah. by our kids and grow, uh, but that's a typical day. And that is, that works well for me in this season yeah. of my life. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's good to hear how other moms are juggling everything. And then you take what you can use in your life and discard what doesn't work because we're all different. But I love that. So I think that, I mean, you're amazing, Elise. I think that you really approach a lot of this from a different point of view than most people have heard before. I mean, there, of course, if you dive really deep into this, you might have heard some things, but just the fact of teach what you're doing out in the world, teaching women that they can do this in a shorter period of time is amazing. It really is because- there's so many things on our plate as women and the women I work with, a lot of them, the biggest thing they say is they're overwhelmed because they feel responsible mm. for so much. So I applaud you for what you're doing in the world. And I just think that it's amazing. So thank you for being a part of the Make Room Show. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yay. And thank you everyone to, for listening today. I hope that you go out there and make room with for what's the most important to you today, whatever that looks like, and know that you can do that. Your life can be anything you want it to be. You just need to make the choice to do that. So until next time, bye-bye.